GDP level next year will remain below that what have been envisioned and below its pre-crisis level. Therefore, there will be no V-shaped recovery after all. It will take more than a year to recover back to the pre-COVID-19 growth trajectories. Welcome to a new episode of Asia Unscripted. I'm Vivian Su. And I'm Isabel Beleza. And this is U.S. Asia Institute's podcast series, where we cover key stories of the day with diverse speakers with firsthand knowledge of Asia. On this episode of Asia Unscripted, Vivian and I are joined by Dr. Yasuyuki Sawada, the Chief Economist of the Asian Development Bank. Please be reminded that the U.S. Asia Institute is a nonpartisan, non-advocacy organization with no policy agenda. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the U.S. Asia Institute. Dr. Swada, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me today. So to start this episode off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as the chief economist for the ADB? Yes, I'm the uh, chief economist and the director general of research department of Asian Development Bank, in short, ADB. And uh, my research department is called ERCD, Economic Research and Regional Cooperation Department. I'm the um, uh, spokesperson for ADB on economic and development trends. And also, I lead the production and dissemination of ADB's uh, flagship knowledge products. In addition, I have been supporting ADB's service provision related to macroeconomic monitoring and forecasting, support for ADB lending operations, analysis of regional integration, and capacity building activities. So to begin, we'll have a discussion about the effects of COVID-19 on the Asian economies. So to start off, could you tell us at what point did COVID-19 begin to have a significant impact on the economies in Asia, and how significant was this impact? Yes, um, as you may recall, uh, in its early stages, the COVID-19 impacts were really contained uh, to health effects within Wuhan uh, Republic of China. But as the lockdown was imposed on, you know, the lockdown there was imposed on uh, January 23rd. Then uh, the effects started to be felt in the rest of the economy, in the rest of China, in the rest of developing Asia, and the rest of the world. And uh, ultimately, this epidemic became a global pandemic. When the disease jumps borders, uh, other developing Asian governments started imposing lockdowns of varying stringency and duration. So that started generating uh, impacts on economy. On March 6, we put out our initial, very initial analysis of COVID-19 impact based on the data through end February. At that time, I estimated that the global impact was uh, around 70, 80 to 300 billion US dollars in total, or 0.1 to 0.4% of global GDP. But as uh, COVID-19 expanded uh, globally, our latest assessment said the global impact is as as large as uh, 6 to 9 trillion US dollars, or 7 to 10% of global GDP, to developing Asian economies. Overall impact is as high as uh, 1 to 2 trillion US dollars, or 6 or even almost 9% of regional GDP. So generating a really substantial impact. And so were all regions of Asia affected in the same way by COVID? Actually, uh, all regions have been affected by COVID-19, but not to the same extent, uh, nor the same way. 
actually uh, our estimated impacts by subregion based on our latest assessment east asia is expected to be the most se severely affected and uh, economic losses ranging from 820 billion us dollars to 1.2 trillion us dollars in terms of uh, significance to the size of gdp central asia seems to be worst off uh, with economic losses as high as 9 to 12, 13% of GDP. Uh, in general, the most affected are the tourism-dependent open economies, as well as those hard hit by domestic outbreak of COVID-19. So uh, again, uh, all regions have been affected, but uh, not to the same extent and the same way, uh, depending on the structure and the size of the economy. So thinking about, I guess, economy, economies in general, in which sectors was COVID-19 the most disruptive? Uh, from the start, the um, pandemic affected some sectors more than others. Obviously, aviation and tourism were hit hard early by travel and border restrictions imposed by different countries. Recreational activities, hospitality, and retail trade were also quickly shut down as government restrictions targeted uh, crowd-oriented businesses. Transportation the enabler of many economic activities was also heavily curtailed, particularly taxi and bus operations. A major channel through which COVID-19 pandemic affected many Asian economies is through external demand, including tourism. There has been a global crops in tourism, uh, with tourism arrivals falling by 90% to almost 100% in many countries. There, there is a survey conducted by IATA, International Air Transport Association, and uh, their uh, survey findings uh, show that uh, even after travel restrictions are lifted, most travelers will wait several months to a year uh, or more before resuming travel. Uh, resumed, um, uh, re reduced and declined employment and incomes, increased uncertainty and renewed uh, flare-ups of the outbreak in various countries will all hamper the recovery in the important industry. Also, in, on top of these um, uh, industries, uh, external demand for goods and services in general will be de depressed as COVID-19 has affected most economy around the globe with sharp contractions expected this year in major developed economies such as the US and the uh, Eurozone area as well as Japan. So in response to these economic impacts of COVID-19, what are some of the measures that the ADB has deployed to support its members? So ADB is supporting uh, its members in responding to COVID-19 outbreak through finance, knowledge, and partnerships, three areas, finance, knowledge, and partnerships. In terms of finance, ADB has deployed a 20 billion package uh, with technical assistance, a quick dispersing grants for the health sector, as well as approved measures to streamline its operations for quicker and more flexible delivery of assistance. These 20 billion packages particularly include support uh, through counter-cyclical support program, including the uh, newly established COVID-19 pandemic response option, what we call CPRO, CIPRO, uh, emergency assistance loans and other instruments if needed. On the knowledge side, uh, ADB has undertaken numerous uh, economic impact assessment uh, and uh, our research department ERCD has been playing a key role. And also we put the analysis of COVID-19 outbreak and its effects. 
Uh, furthermore, ADB has been convening partnerships with other international organizations and a broader global community as part of ADB's overall response strategy. Also, uh, I'd like to uh, point out that uh, support for micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises and uh, domestic and regional trend a trade, as well as targeted, supporting a targeted um, uh, programs for helping the poor people is part of this uh, large-scale support provided by ADB. So would you say that the measures deployed by the ADB during this period has been trying to primarily address the immediate needs for economic relief, or are they really trying to target longer-term economic recovery? Um, I would say uh, both, uh, short-term and um, uh, long-term recovery. Our um, uh, 20 billion assistance package for those worst affected is helping Asia and the Pacific save lives and ensure economic rebounds as swiftly as possible. And this package also supports their journey towards long-term economic recovery. So I would say uh, both uh, uh, immediate needs as well as a long-term recovery. We are delivering uh, grants for emergency food programs and medical uh, needs like personal protective equipment, PPE, test kits, and laboratories. We are also providing our developing members much deeper budget support on affordable terms. Wage support schemes for low-wage workers, uh, helping smaller firms stay in business and prevent uh, uh, job losses. Our cash transfer schemes and other social protection measures targeting uh, poor and vulnerable groups and households, as well as women and girls. Uh, Coordination with the international financial institutions, such as the WHO and UN agency and development organizations help ensure that we are uh, being uh, effective and efficient. So uh, these are immediate support we are uh, providing. Our ongoing economic analysis are also enabling policymakers to better play for recovery. By providing trade and supply chain finance, we are delivering crucial support for sustained economic growth. We remain committed to supporting our members on their path to sustainable development through projects and programs that go beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. So long-term end, uh, as we see some sign of recovery and also uh, many activities you know already you know accelerating ongoing uh, digital trade and work by investing in ict infrastructure i I think uh, adb has been and will play a very important role in uh, long term promoting sustainable development for stable energy supply and also uh, strengthening digitization of economy through helping uh, investment in appropriate infrastructure in, uh, for example, information communication technology uh, sectors. So the ADB recently released the Asian Development Outlook Supplement um, that included updated economic projections for 2020 and 2021. And we were wondering, how might economic outlook prospects vary across the different regions of Asia? Yes, uh, we have updated our growth forecast in June when we released our Asian Department Outlook Supplement. Such forecasts reflect a significant downward revisions relative to our pre-COVID forecast in December 2019. Developing Asia is now projected to grow by only 0.1% in year 2020 uh, overall. Uh, this will be the lowest regional growth outcome since uh, uh, 1961. Growth is projected at 6.2% uh, in 2021, next year. 
So looking at the sub-regional uh, forecast, uh, East Asia is the only sub-region projected to experience positive growth in 2020 at 1.3% growth this year. In uh, 2021, sub-region is expected to recover and grow by 6.8%. Southeast Asia has suffered broad decline in consumption, investment, and trade. The sub-region is now expected to contract by 2.7% this year before growing by 5.2% next year. With the impact of COVID-19 on South Asia becoming a clearer, uh, growth um, and the economic outlook in South Asia is grim. Uh, the projection for the sub-region for 2020 is a contraction by 3.0%. Projection for next year is 4.9%. Central Asia and the Pacific will not escape pandemic effects. As the Pacific economies contract by 4.3% this year under crops of global tourism, Central Asia will experience a milder contraction of 0.5%. Excluding um, uh, newly industrialized economies of four tigers, uh, region growth is focused at 0.4% uh, this year and 6.6% next year. But again, no economy has escaped from the negative economic impacts from COVID-19. Contractions are not expected in most member countries. The region as a whole will still egg out marginally positive growth because biggest economy, a PRC in this region, is still expected to grow this year. And PRC's growth or PRC's uh, economy is almost 60% of developing Asia. So that's why um, most countries really encounter contractions, but still overall Asia can really marginally grow at a positive uh, growth rate. So you had mentioned that even though um, economies might contract in 2020, there'll be some economic growth in 2021. So thinking more long-term, what are the anticipated long-term impacts of COVID-19 on the growth and development of Asian countries? Yes, um, this is of quite important um, uh, issues. Uh, developing Asia's growth will rebound to 6.2% uh, next year, as I uh, briefly mentioned. But uh, I'd like to point out the recovery of GDP levels, not growth levels, in 2021 will be only partial. GDP level next year will remain below uh, that what have been envisioned and uh, below its pre-crisis level. Therefore, there will be no um, uh, no V-shaped recovery after all. It will take more than a year to recover back to the pre-COVID-19 growth trajectory. So I think it will take uh, some time to getting back to uh, prior uh, COVID-19 growth path. So that's you know what, what we expect in terms of uh, long-term impacts of COVID-19 on growth. So which countries have the best prospects for economic recovery from COVID-19? And I guess in building on that, what are the primary factors that affect a country's economic resilience and growth prospects? Yes, uh, this is um, a very important but um, a difficult question to answer. Uh, we have uh, 46 uh, ADBs uh, developing member countries. Out of 46 uh, member uh, countries and economies, only 12 countries. Uh, 12 Economies are projected to record positive growth this year. Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan in Central Asia, PRC, as I mentioned, and also Taipei, China in East Asia, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepal in South Asia, uh, Brunei Darussalam, Myanmar and Vietnam in Southeast Asia, and also uh, Kiribati and Tuvalu in the Pacific. 
as of July 19, there has not been any COVID case、uh, recorded in、uh, Kiribati, Turkmenistan, and Tuvalu. So, these three countries, there are,、uh, so far, there is no、uh, COVID case. While there has been fewer than 350 cases and less than 10 deaths,、uh, each in Bhutan, Brunei, Dar es Salaam, Myanmar. So, meanwhile,、uh, PRC, Taipei, China,、uh, Republic Korea, and Vietnam have successfully contained the pandemic, and、uh, businesses are slowly、uh, reopening and recovering.、Uh, their pro- prospects are thus, therefore, much better than. Those economies、uh, that continue to struggle to flatten the curve of、uh, COVID 19. All right, so I guess shifting our focus a little bit, the world has recently seen a rise in protectionist sentiments, especially as the COVID 19 pandemic has caused significant dis- disruptions to global supply chains. So, within this context, how would you say protectionism af- impact economic recovery? Protectionism is a quite uh, serious uh, threat and the risk of the COVID 19 or post COVID 19 new normal. COVID 19 pandemic has already significantly slowed global growth and sharply reduced global trade. Further,、uh, imposing protectionist policies in light of national security and public health concern, particularly for medical supplies and food, will only worsen the trade slump, delay global. Economic recovery and reduce the national income for all. So, I would think for some legitimate reason, country needs to impose certain protection in the health arena. But we should be aware of these you know, imposition of protectionist policies, after all,、uh, will slow down our global economic recovery. So, I guess within this context, US tensions with China is, is really a prominent example of protection, rising protectionist sentiments. So, how would you say US China tensions are affecting economic recovery in the region right now? Yes, US PRC trade tension predates the COVID 19 crisis and it's now running on two years. Even prior to the pandemic, trade redirection had already been evident. For example, in 2019, US imports from China contracted by 16.2% compared to 6.7% growth in year 2018. Particularly in electronics and agriculture mining products,、uh, we see a big drop in US imports from China. On the other hand, POC, PRC imports,、uh, Chinese imports from the US, also decline. And its、uh, significance is like magnitude is like more than 20% decline. At the same time, US imports from the rest of developing Asia increased by 9.3%. Notably, Vietnam saw a large increase of、uh, 35 36% with the bulk of、uh, increased exports to the US in electronics and the machinery. US imports from Bangladesh saw a、um, 9.5% increase, mainly in clothing and footwear. US imports from Cambodia recorded a more substantial increase of、uh, 40%, largely in travel goods, clothing, footwear, and miscellaneous manufacturers. If the conflict between US and China continues or intensifies, scope for further redirection in trade and production increases, while the PRC、uh, loses from the、uh, conflict between、uh, US and China, other developing Asian countries stand to gain. South Asia in electronics, South Asia in textile and gar- garment sectors. 
Such patterns are expected to continue during the uh, period of recovery from COVID-19. Indeed, uh, in the first five months of 2020, U.S. imports from PRC continued to fall, uh, shrinking by 20%, while imports from the rest of developing Asia marginally increased by 1.2%. Uh, so uh, U.S.-China trade tension generate immediate negative impact on both end, U.S. and China. But at the same time, I think uh, we will observe, we have been observing and will observe some trade reduction effect and the production shifting effect in rest of the developing Asia. So overall uh, picture and overall effect of U.S.-China trend tension, even after COVID-19, I think uh, there are some heterogeneity exists in developing Asia and Pacific region. And, and so thinking about the negative impacts that protectionism really brings, in your opinion, what types of other measures and policies are, are more effective in promoting economic recovery? Uh, yes, um, I, I would say there are four areas of uh, policies and measures which is important to support uh, effective uh, economic recovery. First, uh, immediate measures. Uh, health sector must remain equipped to effectively and efficiently address the subsequent uh, waves of the disease if or when they occur. Secondly, the immediate response should be to provide support for household in order to stimulate demand and businesses in order to encourage investment demand and supply by ensuring sufficient liquidity. Third, it's also necessary to ensure appropriate infrastructure is in place so that the economic activity can continue unhampered. Uh, this includes further accelerating the ongoing digitalization trade and work by investing in ICT, information communication technology, uh, communication technology infrastructure, as well as promoting sustainable investment for stable energy supply. And uh, finally, uh, social protection for the poor is really critical, both for stabilizing the economy and also achieving a sustainable recovery. So uh, I would like to uh, point out there are four uh, areas policies and government can play very important role and also ADB and other MDB together with the uh, international organization, UN agency, WHO, as well as the whole international community as ADB, we are uh, ready to support this promotion of uh, effective and efficient economic recovery. Thank you so much for all your insights today, Dr. Sawada. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much again. Thanks for listening to Asia Unscripted. Our show page is usasiainstitute.org slash asiaunscripted, where you'll find links to this and other Asia Unscripted episodes. You can find US Asia Institute on Facebook at facebook.com slash USAI1979, on Twitter at US Asia Institute, and on Instagram at us.asia.institute. This and all US Asia Institute podcasts are made possible in part by the support from Las Vegas Sands, Merck, Fairfield Maxwell LTD, Airbnb, AIG, Conoco Phillips, and others.